We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Mike Foresta, a winner of nearly $30,000 in his high stakes career at the FFPC and has teams in contention for a pair of $250,000 grand prizes this year in both the FFPC main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. In this episode, he tells me what NFC West sleeper receiver will be in his lineups in Week 15, the growing impact that the Chiefs offense is having for the remainder of this season and in 2019 as well, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel as well. Now, without further ado, here's $30,000 FFPC high stakes winner, Mike Foresta. Week 
2019, we are heading, we're charging towards uh, only two weeks left in the fantasy season and obviously a lot of money on the line. And one of the um, guys who's going to be competing for two separate $250,000 prizes in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event, a veteran of this show. It's Mike Foresta. Mike, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks so much, Eric. Great to be here. I, uh, I I I suppose we should start off um, by talking about the the one uh, you have a, a team that um, is going to be um, right in the thick of it for the Football Guys Players Championship. Another team that's going to be right in the thick of it for the FFPC main event. We already have one of the three week sprint weeks behind us now. Um, how are those two teams looking as far as as uh, you know finishing pretty high up there for a big grand prize? I mean, I'd say we need some we need some help. We need some help. There were some some massive uh, performances from you know guys like Amari Cooper and George Kittle and even Derrick Henry for those who started them this week that always um, you know kind of get get some teams off to a great running start. Um, our 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 main event uh, tournament team didn't have any of those guys. But we still have some have some great players who've been doing well for us all year. So that team, I think, right now is in about 150th place, um, which you know may sound like quite a bit out of it, but really not so much. One one big week can turn that into uh, to a scramble for week 16. Um, and in the football guys tournament, we have one team that's uh, that's not too far out in about 50th place. Um, so that team, we definitely have high hopes for, uh, we actually have two other teams in the football guys tournament as well, but they ha- haven't, they didn't do as well the first week. Um, you know, they, both of those other teams had Todd Gurley who kind of got bottled up this week. So, uh, I'm sure a lot of teams are suffering, uh, from that, from that Gurley effect this week as well. Yeah, no question. Uh, and, and you have, um, you know, you you mentioned it too. I mean, you put up a 180 or a 190 or a 200 plus point week. All of a sudden, you are right in the thick of it, and teams will do that. It seems like it seems like week 15 is always the magic week to do that every year. We saw. I remember Jamal Charles a few weeks or a few years back. He had the big week 15. It always seems like we get these massive week 15 performances out of nowhere. And I suppose last week we got it with with George Kittle, Amari Cooper, and Derrick Henry. If there is any team, Mike, uh, that I want to throw my – like if I was betting on who's going to win it, it's the team that had been starting James Conner all year, you know, where they got him super late. Uh, and then he obviously didn't play last week. And they're like, well, we don't have anybody else. I guess we got to start Derrick Henry. And then you throw Derrick Henry in, and all of a sudden he has the game of his life. That's the team I'd feel really good about right now where it just seems like it's all falling together. It drives me nuts with Henry and, and Cooper. I didn't have Derrick Henry at any teams this year, but I had Amari Cooper on a, on a couple of squads. And it's so frustrating that, you know, you get to the to – the, to the to the playoffs or to the you know the big money rounds and Amari Cooper really didn't help you get there and now he he has the big week uh, in week fourteen it's just crazy how it works. Well, I think I think you know you've hit on something that that you've got to look at when when you're drafting when you're preparing for your drafts and that is you know who are these players who kind of have these huge spike weeks and who are the players who produce more consistently over the course of the sixteen week season. And you know, so you're you're taking risks. Um, you're assessing those risks when you're making your picks. Um, guys like Amari Cooper are, are prone to those huge games. Look at his season last year. Even though it was with a different team, he only had a couple of games where he really spiked. The rest of the time, he wasn't doing so great. So, 
You know, the you can't just look at someone's season-long production and expect that it's going to even out over the course of, of 16 weeks and keep you in contention. You have to look at other factors. Getting back to that uh, main event team that you that you have in the championship round, this is an impressive impressive work that, that you've done with, with this squad because you've had Leonard Fournette on this team. Jarek McKinnon obviously didn't play a down for you. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, Jack Doyle was on this team as well. I mean, guys that have missed a good chunk of the season or in McKinnon's case, the entire season. Um, and you got this squad into the championship round. How did you patch up those holes throughout the season to, to still come away with a league title here? It's, it's funny that you mentioned that, Eric, because the last time I was on the show, um, you know, my, uh, my fantasy football collaborator, Adam Rosman, and I were, were pretty much on the show because we got uh, one of our teams into the football guys tournament and, and finished very high up with David Johnson as our first round pick. So um, a year later, we find ourselves in sort of a similar situation with uh, a lot of adversity, Fournette missing a good part of the year, uh, even Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup uh, being injured. And what I would say the answer to that is depth. <laughs> you, 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 have to, you have to draft your you know, 10th to 20th rounds with possibly even more consternation than you do your first 10 rounds. And, and not only be looking for guys who are going to help you right away, but looking for guys who have a chance to develop, maybe with some seasoning. Guys like Godwin, Chris Godwin, guys like uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, even though he hasn't really you know, worked out as well. But even guys like uh, Connor and Mahomes, uh, guys who we, who we drafted after round 10, and they have made all the difference. Yeah, no question. It seems like every single year those there's those there's guys who get drafted in, in those mid-teens picks that that uh, end up being league winners that end up being you know like like if you're playing bingo they're the free space because you just you get to plug them in every single week and, and you get massive value. So for sure, you know everybody knows the names of the of the uh, guys in the first 10 rounds, but hitting on those guys in the last 10 so crucial to fantasy success. A guy that you had just mentioned, Mike Cortland Sutton, uh, he was a guy that you actually did draft late and it looked like he was going to pay off big time after uh, the Broncos trade Demarius Thomas and then Emmanuel Sanders tears his Achilles. So he is the de facto number one, no question there in that offense. But when when he got the opportunity, he's kind of underwhelmed. He's dropping passes. He's He's not, um, you know, taking advantage of, of uh, the added focus for him in that offense for Denver. Do you see that carrying over maybe into 2019? Is this, is this the type of player that he is? Or, I mean, is it just like, look, let's give him a break. He is still a rookie. He's unfairly cast as the number one right now, getting the opposing team's best corner. Um, he could be a nice little bounce-back guy in, in 2019. How do, you, how do you view Sutton not only the rest of the year but, but next season as well? Uh, I think I think you have to manage expectations for this for this season. It's not only that um, he's drawing the number one corner, but his quarterback play um, hasn't been elite, and I think that's going to be a concern for him going forward. Depending on what the Broncos do with Case Keenum, I would assume that you know if they keep him, his upside may be somewhat limited. It used to be that you looked for receivers to really break out in year three. I think we're finding now that uh, year two can be just as much of a breakout. So maybe things are changing there. I mean, you look at guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup before he got injured, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. Those guys are all year two receivers who are helping a lot of fantasy teams really significantly. Um, so 
I'm not going to say Cortland Sutton couldn't do that next year, but I think um, his upside may be capped just a little bit by his quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, let's just say for the sake of argument, like, the, the Broncos just won. I don't even know if they can get out of that Keenum contract uh, after this year, but let's say they do or they move him or they want to go in a different direction. Even if that's the case, you're still breaking in a new quarterback who who has to develop chemistry with Sutton, and then that could be setting you back uh, another year as well. So maybe he just drops to the point where, um, you know, you got to grab him because he's just staring you in the face. But I'm with you on this one. Like, I'm, I'm just I'm a little bit nervous, you know, putting my eggs in in the Sutton basket next year as as even like a number. I think I'd be OK with him as my number four. Number three, man, that that just does not scream um, an explosive type team um, that, that can win a, a six figure grand prize with Sutton as my number three receiver. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I'm. I'm a little skeptical uh, at this point. That's for the main event. As I look for your football guys, uh, players championship team that that won its individual league, there wasn't a whole lot of duplication of players on that squad in your main event. There may not have been any, quite frankly. I didn't look at it super close, but nothing nothing stood out to me. And it, it's weird. I guess it's not weird, but I mean, you 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 won league titles in, in with both teams with a totally different set of set of a totally different set of players that were drafted at opposite ends of the draft board. Do you normally not like to draft a lot of the same players when when you're when you're drafting all these leagues uh, to get a big diversification of of the type of players that you have on your leagues, or are you not afraid to like say hey? We love this guy. He's going to be big. Let's get him everywhere we can. How do you normally like to handle that? I would say on that, there's there's lots of different strategies for doing it. There's lot there's some guys who like to take the same players over and over. They they target certain players and they go after them in drafts. I think for me and Adam, it's more related to draft position. And what I what I tell players who ask me advice on fantasy football is you know I don't care what your draft position is you can draft a league champion from it I don't care what the year is I don't care who the players are uh, that year or who you missed out on with the first pick or the second pick no matter what position you're drafting from if you really focus and really are are um, making the most of your picks not just in round one but later on you can draft a, a championship team, and I guess you you sort of see the example of that. We had two champions, not one player similar on either team. Most of that's dictated by draft position, though. We're rating players. Um, you know, the, the the football guys team was at the top, so we were taking Gurley. Uh, the uh, main event team was towards the end. We were taking McCaffrey and Fournette. So, I mean, you. You're, in some sense, it's dictated to you because you know you've got a lot of great players in in in, in this tournament, in both of those tournaments, and they're taking uh, you know guys away from you, so you can't really always target just specific players. More so, having tiers of players that you're looking for to fill in each round spot. The first two wide receivers that you had drafted on this uh, football guys team, um, Jarvis Landry and Corey Davis. Both of them have had a couple of really big games this year, uh, but they've also disappeared for, for several weeks at a time as well. Are you concerned that this is going to be a growing theme um, with both of these guys essentially 
locked into their current situations. You know, Landry just gets the big deal uh, to be in Cleveland. Corey Davis still obviously on his rookie contract in Tennessee and doesn't seem like um, uh, Tennessee is in the market for a new quarterback or anything like that, at least not yet. Um, so you look at the remainder of this season, you look at uh, head into 2019. Is this who these guys are? Is this the kind of fantasy output that we're going to expect from them? You know, sort of like the Amari Cooper situation where you, you have a couple of big, huge spike weeks, and then uh, after that uh, you're, you're going to get the occasional three for 25 clunker with, with Landry and Davis, and, and you can attack these guys separately and, and maybe you feel differently about one than the other. But how do you handle these guys in, in fantasy right now? I think I, I, if I was drafting right now, I would probably be a little bit more concerned about Corey Davis than about Jarvis Landry. Uh, the reason for that being that you know the Tennessee offense is is really more built on the run. I think Mike Vrabel wants to run the ball. I think he likes to run the ball, and um, I think Marcus Mariota has not uh, developed as I expected. Um, I've seen some inconsistency in his play, and I've also seen a tendency to get banged up and injured, maybe more so than some of the other quarterbacks out there. So I think that Corey Davis um, would be someone I'd be concerned about spending a high draft pick on next year. I think he definitely still has value because he's, he's a very talented player. Um, but I, I think you, you, are, you are more likely to get a, a player who's going to have spike weeks than a consistent production. Um, for Jarvis Landry... I, I probably feel a little bit better about his prospects just because I think Baker Mayfield with a, with another year uh, of seasoning um, could develop into a, a quarterback who can uh, utilize Jarvis Landry's skill set. And, um, and I think he, he may actually be better next year than this year, health permitting. Is it, is it just because, um, um, you know, may, just Mayfield taking that next, next step forward and, and really, you know, running the offense that, that you would expect to, to see a guy in his second year running in the NFL, it, it, the, the development of the chemistry, knowing where, where Landry's going to be putting him into a spot, putting the ball in spot for, for, for him to make plays? Because I know they're still going to have David Njoku next year. Uh, you'd expect Antonio Callaway maybe to take another step forward as well. But, but, but with Landry, is it just simply the quarterback chemistry and, and Baker Mayfield naturally evolving into the quarterback Cleveland expects him to be? I think so. I think Baker Mayfield is the type of quarterback who's going to push the ball down the field. He's going to be looking for the open man. He hates checking the ball down. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and that, I mean, that's that's something that's that's really affecting uh, guys like Duke Johnson's value, who I was going to mention a little bit later. Um, but I, I think that uh, Landry is is a consummate pro. He's a great route runner, and he's going to get open. And I think. Um, Mayfield's going to find him. Callaway seems a little inconsistent to me. Maybe it's just that he's also young and learning. Um, but I, I think Landry is is someone who, if he stays healthy, could really have a have a solid year next year. Um, Pierre Garcon failed to stay healthy this year. He goes on IR, and now there's only two weeks left. But you know, Dante. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. 
Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Pettis is basically owned in, in, in a ton of leagues uh, in the FPC and in the in the main event. Now, I'm not saying he's a must start. However, if you are if you do have to make up a lot of points and you're looking for a, a player that not a lot of people are starting to try to get some variance, is there any boom potential? Uh, is there enough? I should say, is there enough boom potential for Dante Pettis to be a difference maker over the next couple of weeks where you'd entertain putting him in your lineup and, and hoping for a big ceiling type game that like he had uh, a couple of weeks ago? Well, a short answer for me on that is absolutely yes. Um, Dante Pettis is, is the guy who was at the very top of my uh, board uh, going into this season for rookie wide receivers, took him in a lot of late rounds, and um, is just a dynamic, exciting player. And if you, if you have to make up points um, – a player like that can can really make a huge difference. Someone who maybe not a lot of people will have the guts to start, um, and then comes through with that with that big number. It's it's not just the number he puts up; it's the differentiation of his number against others. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's a guy I'm really excited about. He's a guy that Adam and I started this past weekend in the go. football tournament, and who we will start again. So. Yeah, I would definitely start Dante Pettis. I wouldn't hesitate on it. it it's possible that that's going to backfire on you, but you're not going to win $250,000 taking the conservative route. Yep, no, I'm, I'm totally with you, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe he's the guy who has the uh, yeah, that, that has the big week 15 uh, this week, you know, so, unless George Kittle, you know, has, you know, 1,200 receiving yards in one half like he did again last week. Who knows? Um, but let's get to uh, to the to the Chargers backfield. This is another evolving situation over the last few weeks, uh, ever since Melvin Gordon got hurt. Now, as of right now, we're recording this here uh, on Tuesday. It does not sound like Melvin Gordon is going to play. Uh, I just got a notification today that it sounds like Austin Eckler. There's just not enough time for him to get ready for a Thursday night game this week, and it's a big one against Kansas City. So no, we we expect no Gordon. We expect no Eckler. Is Justin Jackson a slam dunk start everywhere you have him, given how good the Chargers offense is going to be or has been this year? And given that this this could be a, a, a shootout type game, how how do you feel about Justin Jackson this week? I, I like Justin Jackson. Um, you know, I, I've read about a lot about him in the last couple of weeks. Um, guys like you know Matt Waldman have been talking about him um, and, and, and saying really positive things. And... Um, you know, I I would never say that anyone is is a must start um, who's a rookie running back sort of coming in in the middle of the year. I think that's something you got to look at as opposed to your other 
players on your on your roster. Um, you know, sometimes we get fascinated with the with the new players uh, to the detriment of leaving someone on your bench, like like maybe a Derrick Henry. So I, I think you have to you have to look at um, you know look at look at the new players coming into a role uh, of opportunity as just that. It's an opportunity. It's not a guarantee. Um, and, and I think Justin Jackson's a great player. I think he has potential. Um, but I'm not sure uh, that I would um, definitely start him. I would want to look at what my options were. Yeah, he's um, he's the type of guy. And again, like, you know, the reason you're still playing this late in the year um, for all this money is because you probably do have one really good depth and two super studs uh, on your team that have been crushing it for you all year. It's always difficult to fit a guy like that in. Um, you know, especially on a short week and may, and who knows, I mean, maybe Mahomes goes crazy and it's, you know, 17, nothing in the first quarter and Phillip rivers is slinging it all over the field to, you know, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and, and everybody like, I mean, who knows? Uh, and Justin Jackson just isn't a factor unless he's catching balls out of the backfield. It's one of those things that's, that's hard to, to put your finger on right now. But I think nail on the head there by you is it, it kind of depends upon what your options are on each specific team St- uh, sticking in that game. Uh, the team that the Chargers are playing. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs also have a backfield situation of their own. Spencer Ware, it looked like, was going to be like, um, I was super high on him uh, after the Hunt thing happened, um, and, and I, I was plugging uh, Ware into all the leagues I had him, and, and I've been, it's been all right. It hasn't been, you know, Kareem Hunt-level production, but it's been pretty good. But Damian Williams last week, he gets in the end zone twice uh, against um, uh, Baltimore, and I mean, Ware still had a good game, but this is looming in the back of my mind as I'm thinking about whether or not to plug Ware in there again this week. Is that did Damian Williams do enough for you to say, hey, I, I might have to look elsewhere in this backfield? It might be coming a, a more of a timeshare than a lot of people think, or is, is Ware simply just too involved in the offense, catching too many passes that you got to get him out there? Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say you, you've got to get them out there because the the team, uh, the football guys team that's in in 50th place for us right now, we benched to Spencer Weir and Chris Carson this past week. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So um, that being said, look, you know, looking at Spencer Weir as a football player, I mean, he's in 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 some ways he's better than Kareem Hunt at certain things. Like he's a better pass protector than Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, he, I don't think he has hunts like finishing speed, but, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty darn good. And he's, I think he's a better receiver. So I, I don't think anything Damian Williams did would prevent me from starting Spencer Ware. I think Spencer Ware is a good player. His ability is, is, is solid. And, and I think he's probably a low end RB one. I think the more, more of a question for him this week is, how banged up is he? Um, you know, if you were watching that game, you saw him sort of laying on the sideline, grabbing his shoulder. He did wind up coming back into the game, but he's working on short rest in the same way that Austin Eckelar is. And um, I think that's something I'd want to watch fairly carefully. If, if his health was assured and I didn't have um, a Saquon Barkley uh, to start over him, I would start him. Yeah, I mean, and and I'll let, okay, let me. So that's good news, or that's good info on the wear situation. Damian Williams, you can't really feel good about starting him, even as a flyer, right? 
Um, I, 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 I do have one team in the Football Guys tournament where we probably will consider uh, Damian Williams, but I, I agree with you. I, I don't think he is someone who is probably going to make it into the lineup for, the, for these stakes. Um, I don't think you can count on 19 points out of him again this week. Uh, moving on, let's let's talk about uh, stick with the same team but a different position. Tyreek Hill, he said yesterday uh, that he is actually worried uh, about his foot injury. Uh, Andy Reid I, I expressed less concern with it. Uh, he thinks that he's going to be ready to go on Thursday. Um, this this maybe this is just getting too cute and overthinking it. But when you have a guy like Tyreek Hill who is so reliant on his his speed and his footwork to get open and make plays in that offense, is the risk of re-aggravation of that foot injury, because he left the game twice um, uh, this past Sunday. He still put up some really good numbers. But is that is the risk of re-aggravation enough for you to look elsewhere uh, in your lineups this week? I mean, if you do have a loaded receiving core, or is he just a guy that with his ceiling as high as, as it is, you got to take the risk when you're trying to win a six-figure grand prize. you got to take the risk and try to get him in there. How do you feel about Tyreek Hill? I think you'd have to have one heck of a loaded receiving core to consider benching Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, there are certain players when uh, Adam and I are looking at our lineups over the course of the week where uh, a player's health is in question, and um, we, we will say to each other, if he plays, he plays. In other words, if he is active for the game, he is going to be in our lineup. Those players are few and far between, but Tyreek Hill is absolutely one of those players this year. If, if, if he's on the field uh, Thursday night, he's in my lineup, no question about it. Where do you, just curiously, I, I, spitballing here, where, where do you think he fits in as far as 2019 drafts go? Uh, it seems like the last two years he's, he's sort of an underdrafted. I mean, I think he was like a third or fourth round pick um, this year. He's probably like a third round pick this year. Um, but he, he's crushed it the last couple of years. And obviously with the Mahomes factor, that only makes him more valuable. I mean, would you be looking or do you think, I shouldn't say would you be looking, do you think that people will be taking him at the tail end of the first round next year in drafts? Maybe some, maybe some, some players will will think about taking him that early. I probably wouldn't be one of them. I would probably uh, more likely target him in the second round. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at this year, the first round wide receivers probably didn't perform as well as the first round running backs for the first time in a while. If you throw out injuries, like you know, obviously Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette. You know, didn't didn't do great. One of those never showed up. The other was banged up. But if you look at the first round running backs that did play, guys like Gurley, Kamara, Zeke Elliott, they all, uh, even Saquon Barkley, put up very solid numbers that that are going to get you far. Whereas guys like you know Odell Beckham, you know uh, Hopkins, Keenan Allen. They put up good numbers, but I don't know that those numbers were uh, enough to differentiate you from the pack. Um, so I, I think Mahomes definitely skews Hill's draft status higher, but um, he's still a tiny bit of a boomer bust type, and he's still a little fragile. 
So I, I think I would probably be more comfortable with him in the second round next year. Yeah, no, I think that's a good spot to target him as well. I, I, I drafted him on a second straight year. I drafted him on a bunch of teams, and it's really paid off, uh, you know, for, for the value that you got on him. Uh, he's really crushed it. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't see the Mahomes thing coming. I thought he'd be all right. Um, but uh, I didn't think he'd be otherworldly like what I mean did I don't know if you saw did you see some of these passes that he made against Baltimore I mean the no look pass on the one and then the one where he's you know throwing it across his body uh, um, you know to the middle of the field and Tyree Kill plucks it in the middle of a bunch of defenders runs for a first I mean he was it was crazy uh, how good Patrick Mahomes was uh, this past week and he just he seems to be getting better and he's going to be um, you know what was he this year like the 13th or 14th quarterback off the board he's gonna be QB one next year uh, when, when we're drafting and, and going super high as well yeah I think I think there's no doubt he'll be the first quarterback off the board and 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 the only thing I'll be wondering is how early will he go but I'm sure that that play that he made where he was you know heading out of bounds threw it across his body to Tyreek Hill I'm sure the leaderboard of you know the uh, of the football guys and the uh, FFPC tournament uh, just uh, changed tremendously based on that one yeah. play. Yep. No, no quite. I mean, and especially and like I have one league. I think I maybe I have two leagues where I have Mahomes and Hill. And boy, what what a I wouldn't say a roller coaster ride. Uh it's been this season with those two cuz well, what do you call it when it's super thrilling but there's no like downs? There really hasn't been any downs. It's just like, you know, I or, or any ups, I guess, or however you want to call it. Whatever the thrilling part is of the roller coaster, it's been that's how it's been owning Mahomes and Hill all season because these guys just, you know, I, Hill's had a couple of clunkers, but I mean that that's true of any receiver and and you look at what these guys can do that the fact they're both super young, the fact that they're both set up uh to be long-term pieces in an Andy Reid coached offense. Uh, man, the, the sky's the limit for those two guys. Yeah, I think you call the Chiefs offense a rocket ship upward. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a, ro- a rocket ship with, with no destination, uh, clearly <laughs> yet, uh, for sure. Uh, Mike, uh, you've been incredibly uh, gracious with your time uh, this week on, on the road of his uh, high-stakes lowdown. Last question, and, and I'll let you uh, skedaddle uh, for the week here. A sleeper, I, I know we already talked about Dante Pettis, uh, that that you think uh, maybe besides Pettis or um, that that you think might make his way into your lineups or or uh, would be a smart decision for high stakes owners to get them in at uh, one of their flex spots with uh, with everything on the line here uh, over the next two weeks uh, somebody that you think is going to boom in, in week 15 and then conversely a, a guy that many people have been starting the majority of the season uh, but you think uh, you might want to think twice about starting him this week because you're worried about his performance. Sure. Yeah. With these types of questions, I tend to focus sort of maybe deeper sleeper because I think most of the people listening to this already have a tremendous amount of knowledge. Um, But some guys I'm considering starting in my um, championship games this week in this in these tournaments are uh, Josh Allen at quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, if you look at his, his, his actual football play probably is somewhat concerning for Bills fans. Um, but his fantasy points have been uh, shockingly good. And with a matchup this week against, uh, you know, a relatively easy matchup against the Lions, I think, um, I think he could do the same. Um, so we are, we will consider starting him uh, in, in a, in a tournament a uh, team that's in actually the consolation round of the uh, main event. Um, another guy uh, 
that we're going to consider starting this week out of necessity is uh, is is Higby from the Rams, the tight end. But I do think that uh, the Rams tight ends, Everett and Higby, uh, have some potential viability this week because if you watched the uh, you know the the Eagles try to defend the Cowboys tight ends who aren't exactly world beaters, uh, Blake Jarwin had a really really good game, and so um, I think it's possible that. Uh, Everett and or Higby could have a good game, and I certainly hope that Higby does. <laughs> right. um, and then a guy from the a guy a guy who who Josh Allen's throwing to Robert Foster, probably a guy who isn't on many on many teams. Um, but if you have him, boy, you'd have to think about starting him this week because um, he's been putting up some great numbers. I, I think, and with Calvin Benjamin now released, you know, th- there's there's opportunity there. As yeah. far as the as far as the downside goes. Uh, I mentioned earlier Duke Johnson. Boy, Baker Mayfield just does not want to check that ball down. I mean, I have seen Duke Johnson wide open, just standing out there in space with nobody around him, and Baker Mayfield just doesn't even look his way. So, um, you know, I I think Duke Johnson's someone I would really uh, have concerns about starting. And then, you know, the venerable one, Adrian Peterson. He's probably helped a lot of teams uh, this year. maybe even get to the fantasy football playoffs. But this week against Jacksonville with Josh Johnson starting at quarterback, I don't know. Even even with what Derrick Henry did against that Jacksonville defense, I think I would still think long and hard about starting him. You know, and to your point, too, about getting back to the sleepers, you know, Josh Allen, he missed a good portion of the season uh, because of injury. But his last three weeks – 27.9 against Jacksonville, 35 on the road in Miami. He gets 26.4 this past week uh, against the Jets, and then he gets now he gets a Lions team that um, you know obviously has not exactly been world beaters on defense. So he could, I mean, it, you're you are looking at like a pretty decent, especially if you waited on quarterback. Um, maybe you have Allen on your roster. He's a good guy uh, that you can make up some points on for sure, especially depending upon who else you have. And and then Robert Foster too. This is a guy that you know, basically was non-existent for the first um, nine weeks of the season. You know, he gets five points uh, in the first nine weeks, but then starting week 10, 13 and a half. Then they get the bye week, but then 17.4. He has a clunker against the Dolphins, 3.7, but then 17.4 again against the Jets. And it's not like, I mean, he only had, he had a bunch of big plays uh, in weeks 10 through 13, but this past week, seven catches. Uh, he got eight targets. He went over 100 yards. I mean, there is... There's something there, too, and I'm not, you know, certainly far be it from us to say, hey, look, this is a guy you need to get in there. But if you are looking to make up some points, starting some players that that have some upside that not a lot of people are going with, you could certainly do worse than Josh Allen and Robert Foster. So I like those two calls there by you, my friend. All right. Very good. Very good. Let's uh, let's hope that that helps some people. And let's hope that uh, you have a big week 15 uh, in, in not only uh, these two teams uh, that, that are going for the, the $250,000 grand prizes, uh, but in all your leagues, Mike, I certainly appreciate you coming on again this week uh, on the High Stakes Lowdown. Always good to talk to you and catch up. And uh, I hope the ball bounces the way the rest of the season. We'll talk again real soon. All right, Eric, thanks so much, and a great uh, holiday season for you and your family and all, uh, all your listeners. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. 
Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.